Our first reading is from the book of James and can be found on page 12123 in the Church Bibles, beginning at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I can invite you to stand as Robert brings our gospel reading this morning. On page 1089, the gospel comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 24. Hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we stand, shall we pray. O Lord, open our eyes to behold your presence. O Lord, open our ears to hear your voice. O Lord, open our hearts to receive your love. O Lord, help us to behold, to hear and receive you in word and sacrament, that our mouths may proclaim your praise. Amen. Please do sit. A tightrope prepared to walk across the Niagara Falls and he had a crowd gathered around him and he said do you believe that I can walk on this tightrope from the United States to Canada the crowd shouted yes we believe so he walked successfully across the tightrope Second time, he said, do you believe that I can walk across the tightrope 
and carry a chair. And they shouted again, yes, Lord. Less, um, we believe. So he asked the third time, do you believe that I can cross the tightrope carrying someone on my back? And they went, yes, we believe. At this point, the tightrope walker said, who wants to volunteer? There was complete silence. A well-known story, but it illustrates that there is a place for doubt. Yes, as Jody shared at the beginning, I'm sure we all have had doubts in our lives, and I testify to I have been in that place many times. So is there a place for doubt in the Christian faith? Well, it's interesting that when Jesus was about to ascend to heaven and he was about to give the words of the Great Commission when he sent the disciples out, it says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee in the mountain where Jesus told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. The two world leaders of the Christian faith have talked about their doubts. Pope Francis and Archbishop Justin have both publicly shared these thoughts about doubt. Pope Francis said, I have doubted many times. But such doubts can be a sign that we want to know God better and more deeply. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, said, Doubts are a natural part of being in a relationship with God. Even the disciples doubted Jesus' power. But ultimately, faith invites us to trust and more importantly, to look back over our lives and to see how God has accompanied us, journeyed with us, shown his love and care for us. So let's look at some of the scripture that has talked about the place of doubt in people's lives. Firstly, the gospel reading, which is again a very familiar story. So after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus appeared alive and glorified to his disciples to comfort them and to proclaim to them the good news of his victory over death. However, one of the twelve disciples, Thomas, was not present when he came. We don't know why, but he wasn't there. And after Thomas was told by the other disciples of Jesus' resurrection and personal visit, Thomas doubted and wanted physical proof of the risen Lord 
in order to believe this good news. But although Thomas did in fact doubt the Lord's resurrection appearance, once he saw the risen Christ, he proclaimed in faith, my Lord and my God. Doubt, it seems, is not a block either to worship or to mission. The doubt that Thomas experienced in the heart, in the face of this heartbreaking loss of the one he loved, is not unlike our own. We all face loss of bereavement, loss of jobs, loss of relationship. We can be in the deepest despair, in illness and in losing those we love. The second reading, well, it was the first reading, but if it's, I'm taking it as in the second. In the passage from James, is not such a familiar passage. But James condemns a mindset of divided loyalty between God and the world. James does not say to ask for release from the suffering that we experience. He does not tell us to ask God for the strength to endure. He says to ask for wisdom. So what is wisdom? In this context, wisdom involves seeing things from God's perspective. When we see things from God's perspective, we get the bigger picture. In times of doubt, we are to be encouraged to reflect on the ways that God has shown himself to be true, the ways that he has accompanied us. We are not of need to be afraid to face our questions, because if we do, we deepen that relationship that we have with God. We must remember the generosity of God and see to it that we ask in prayer, believing that we shall receive what God knows is good and right for us to have, and we accept it by faith. Paula Gooder says this in her book, journey to the empty tomb. Doubt is very different to disbelief. Disbelief is the opposite of belief. Doubt is the opposite of uncertainty. uncertainty. Just say that again. Doubt is very different to disbelief. Disbelief is the opposite of belief. Doubt is the opposite of uncertainty. So throughout the Bible, God's people have had doubts. Questions are inevitable because doubt is a healthy part of faith. It shows we are living, feeling, thinking human beings. 
Let's just look at a few of the people in the Bible that doubted God. When the Lord announced to Abraham that his wife would give birth to a son, Sarah, that was behind the door, laughed in doubt. But, though they were old and past childbearing age, God gave them a son, Isaac. Zacharias the priest was in the temple when the angel Gabriel appeared to him and promised to give him and his wife a son. He doubted God and was struck dumb until his son, John the Baptist, was born. The son of Zacharias, John the Baptist, was languishing in prison and he began to wonder If Jesus is truly the Messiah, why am I here? His messenger, why am I here in prison? So he sent his disciples to ask, Are you the expected one? Or do we look for someone else? Jesus replied, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus went on to tell the crowd that among those born of women, there was no one greater than John. He was a godly man. But he had his time of doubt. Even those who were closest to Jesus, his disciples, who had witnessed many miracles, seen demons released, doubted his power. And when they were on the boat, on on the lake, they panicked in the storm. Jesus' power calmed the storm and it's an example to us of how Jesus' power can deal with so much so many of the problems we have it is good to be reminded of the awesome power for our God is mighty to save that power brought Jesus resurrection That power can do anything. And we should not discount that power even in the difficult times we find ourselves in. It is important that we keep our eyes fixed firmly on Jesus. We perhaps most doubt when we are going through stressful periods in our lives. Why me, Lord? Why is this happening to me or someone I love? Why have I been made redundant? So often we have our heads down, not bowed down in worship, 
but neither seeing the glory of the risen Christ. We need to lift our eyes, keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, which echoes so many of our choruses. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, look in his face. In Acts chapter 12, we read of Peter's miraculous escape from prison. Herod Agrippa had executed the Apostle James and then had arrested Peter, planning to put him to death after the Passover. No doubt the church had prayed for James to be delivered, but their prayers had not been answered in the way that they had hoped for. They were disappointed, but when Peter was imprisoned, they called a prayer meeting. And while they were praying, an angel miraculously delivered Peter from his prison cell. He went to the house where the fellowship were gathered in prayer, stood outside knocking on the door. And the servant girl opened it, recognized Peter's voice and got so excited she forgot to let Peter in. She ran in and announced that Peter was at the door. But everyone in the prayer meeting said, You're crazy. It can't be. It must be Peter's angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, they were amazed. They had prayed earnestly. That's what they were seeking, but they were surprised when they got the answer. Peter was saved. The answers God gave these people may help us too. Don't settle into doubts, but move on to belief. Good idea to share with someone you can trust, and I can't overemphasize the need to be faithful in the reading of scripture and in prayer. We all have many unanswered questions, but if our faith is real, it is not about how we feel, but about the fact that God is faithful even when we are not. When we experience doubt, we must take encouragement from those we have thought about today. We remember that Jesus said, after Thomas had exclaimed, my Lord and my God, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. It has been an especially difficult time in our country and in the world during these past weeks. And we are constantly reminded every time that we switch the television on that the whole world suffers through war, conflict, terrorist activity, through famine, through persecution, through natural disasters like the China landslide yesterday. The terrorist outrages in Manchester, Westminster, London Bridge, 
and Finsley Park. And then the tragedy of the Glenfall Tower fire. They bring questions, they bring doubts, but we have seen how God has brought communities together, all faiths and none. There has been a tremendous outpouring of generosity, kindness and forgiveness. Psalm 113 talks about the scope of God's care. His great mercy is demonstrated by his concern for the poor and the impressed. Because the Lord is above the nations, his glory is higher than the heavens. I'm just going to read this psalm to you because it really speaks to us. It says, Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere, from east to west, Praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God, who is throned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and on earth. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family, making her a happy mother. Wonderful picture of God stooping down, and it reminds me of the incarnation. Light of the world is stepped into darkness. What a wonderful picture of our Saviour who came to save us. Now this psalm was the inspiration for Graham Kendrick when he wrote the song Beauty for Brokenness. The chorus says, God of the poor, friend of the weak, give us compassion, we pray. Melt our cold hearts, let tears fall like rain. Come, change our love from a spark to a flame. Archbishop Justin said this when he preached at Southwark Cathedral during a service of hope for those who suffered as a result of the London Bridge attack recently. We are here in this building which was built to say that the future that each of us has in Christ is one of life and hope and eventually, hard though it may see today, of joy. Never unmixed with grief and loss, but always confident that in all our sorrows and losses and grief, the power of the resurrection 
and of life is even greater. Hope flowers in the desert of suffering when it is watered by communities of love. For through them Christ comes, light dawns, and lives shattered in grief and pain find astonishingly that they will live again. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may abound in hope. Amen.